Thanks for listening to this podcast from Walks Around Britain. For more information, our terms of use, and to click through to see the show notes on our blog with photographs, videos, and links to related sites, please visit walksaroundbritain.co.uk. I'm Andrew White, and welcome to the 12th edition of the Walks Around Britain podcast. Well, it's nearly Christmas, and if you're like me and are having serious problems thinking about what to get some of your walking and outdoor friends, then this special edition of the podcast is for you. Our team of crack researchers have found some fantastic ideas for potential presents, and there's possibly the inspiration you're looking for in the next 25 minutes or so. Right, so let's start with a perfect gift for one of those people who has dozens of walking books and all the right walking gear. How about a navigation course to give them more insight into negotiating the outdoors better? And Jane Livingstone from Mountain House Holidays is here to tell us about their courses. Jane, welcome to the podcast and tell us more about Mountain House. Mountain House is a small company run by husband and wife couple who are both international mountain leaders. We've been running a company about eight years now and we've really evolved from doing some occasional walking overseas to now offering a wide range of overseas trips and guided walking and navigation courses in the UK. So the navigation courses would be a great gift idea for outdoor people. That's right. We've often had people book courses as birthday or Christmas gifts, and they're great. They're not too expensive. You can go online, um, choose the course you think is going to be best for your friend or family member, and then pay by via PayPal, and we'll send you a, a gift card. Where are the courses based, and how often are they? We've got something pretty much every month, apart from the high summer months. They're based in the centre of the Peak District. We have our introductory courses based in our village of Fulo, and we use the Fulo Village Hall, which is a really good local resource. And we have a couple of hours there in the morning and then go out for the rest of the day on a good walk. And then the intermediate and advanced courses are based in the High Peak. We start off near Edale and get up onto Kinder and occasionally Bleaklow or Brown Knoll and put people through their paces there. Kinder and Bleaklow are great places to test those newfound skills, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. They're, they're just the places. I, I always say that if you can navigate over Kinder or Bleaklow, you can navigate anywhere. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were out on Sunday with three folks who got up onto Brown Knoll in thick mist, managed to find their way through the, the mire to find some odd places, and then we went over onto Kinder and did something similar on Kinder, and we had a really good day out. And it's those sorts of places which really need good navigation skills absolutely. rather than relying on GPS units or, yes. or app-based mapping. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's where you really need to have some skill. And GPS is great, but you need to really know how to use it. And very often the batch will run out or you lose signal and then you're lost if you're relying just on that. Whereas your compass doesn't die on you and your maps are always accurate. So definitely skills to have. So what sort of things do you do in the courses then? So our introductory course, say we start inside, um, we have a couple of hours where we look at maps, 
just give people a, a very basic overview of what a map is and what scales are and what um, contours are and what the map's telling you. And then we move on to the compass and we teach people how to use the compass. And then we put together a basic group card, which we then take outside. And we walk through the fields beyond Fulo and we do some pacing and some timing. And then we put the compass skills to the test. And then we get people lost, or as we say, misplaced. <laughs> <laughs> and then show them how to actually find where they are using the map and the compass. And then we go you know, finish the day sort of putting all those things into practice. So how can we find more information? So our website about navigation courses is peaknavigationcourses.co.uk. That's a good way of contacting us. Jane, thanks for coming on our podcast. You're welcome. Nice to talk to you. And there are links to all the ideas we're featuring on this special podcast on our blog, which you can get to by clicking through from our homepage or by going to blog.walksaroundbritain.co.uk. Now, camping specialists out well wouldn't be at the top of my list at first for great gift ideas at Christmas. But Clive Garrett from Outwell begs to disagree. But Clive, it's all summer stuff, isn't it? No, this is the uh, perfect time of year to go out and nab yourself a bargain. So it's absolutely spot on for Christmas shopping. And one thing being is, of course, is that everyone's been out camping uh, this year and uh, it highlights what gear they're short of. So uh, the Christmas present list gets a bit long. So what can you help us with then? Well... Over at uh, Outwell, we've got absolutely everything that an enthusiastic uh, camper requires. Uh, Everything from uh, tents through to uh, the simplest of accessories. But of course, not everyone go out and afford to buy someone a tent. (laughs) We have to look at the nice little presents. And uh, we've got an absolute wealth there for people. I'm particularly interested in the wind-up radios. They look fantastic. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, One of the things in recent years as people become eco-conscious is uh, having a look at uh, various bits and pieces of kit which can be recharged by solar, wind-up or uh, plugging into uh, the car. And we've got a couple of radios. Uh, One of the most popular is called the on-air digital radio, but it's a nice little rugged item that uh, picks up everything you want on FM and AM. And that's really good to get out walking and camping with, especially if you're going lightweight camping, to go on some trails perhaps where you might be stopping at campsites with out-electric hook-up. Most definitely. I mean, one of the things when I'm out uh, lightweight camping, I tend to use very basic uh, campsites and actually have something on site where you turn it on in the morning and uh, get the weather forecast and one thing or another so you know (laughs) that you're not going to get rained on when you hit the hill. It's uh, absolutely spot on. So I suppose cool boxes would be a great gift idea too. They are, and it it is one of the most popular presents out there. The reason being is is not only uh, do you use it to keep your drinks cool and your food fresh when on the campsite but uh, it's one of these things that you can has a multitude of uses so i keep one in the car so when i go shopping i've always got something to uh, keep the frozen stuff in when i come back to the house and of course uh, when you defrost the freezer or clean the fridge you've got somewhere to keep the food fresh and cool as you do that so i'm i'm a great one that uh, if you're going to invest in camping gear you want to maximize your investment so you you know if you can use it in a multitude of situations uh, that's the best, I think. And it makes a very, very popular present as the cool box. And there's a range of sizes on offer. Yeah, we, we do different sizes. We do cool boxes um, which uh, work off uh, electricity. So uh, uh, Petso Quartz um, uh, thermoelectric cool boxes, we do the ones which work off ice packs. So again, you know, if you're out uh, in, in the field and you haven't got uh, a power source, then uh, you can uh, just get a, a, most farms, most campsites will freeze a cool bag for you to put in your cool box. 
And another good item to have is the pack and go wash bag. I think that's quite a good item to help you keep refreshed. That makes a fantastic present. It's uh, been a very, very popular this year and it, it will take everything you require to keep yourself nice and fresh and looking good. And it's just one of these items which people don't think about how useful they are until they're actually out camping. Clive, thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem, mate. It's been a pleasure. Now, giving socks, gloves and hats at Christmas is a bit of a tradition. So if you are going to go down this route, how about making them merino? Amanda Douglas McCaig is from the experts Chocolate Fish Merino. How are you today, Amanda? Oh, not so bad, up to me as in possum. That sounds like a bit of a normal day for you, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is really. <laughs> Perhaps not for other people, but for you that's normal. No, no, but it works. It works. So gifts yeah, for yeah. outdoor and walking people, yep. what can you suggest? Our possum merino stuff is great for that because it works for both the outdoors and, and pretty well everywhere else. The company who makes it for us are, are brilliant and they do our great double beanie and thermal gloves and what have you, which make good gifts. But they do all sorts of other beautiful stuff, which isn't strictly hardcore outdoor. Mm -hmm. So we have a little sister site called Chocolate Possum. Right. And we've put all our gifty stuff, apart from the hardcore outdoor, on there. But we've got scarves, we've got caps, we've got beanies, we've got sets, we've got fingerless mitts, we've got more expensive sort of wraps, sweaters. So there's everything from a few pounds to a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, and even one or two things in our bargain basements, when we've got down to the odd colour or the odd size, we put them in our chalky fish bargain basement. So there's, you know, always worth looking there. So a good look through there would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we do chalky possum socks, chalky possum gloves. And these are all New Zealand made. Oh, they're gorgeous. I mean, I, I tend to live in them. <laughs> You know, we've got our big double layer beanie, which if you're going to the Arctic, as I am actually in a couple of months, um, and it's bitterly, bitterly cold, north of Scotland, they are good. But for some people, they actually find them too warm. So we have single layer beanies, lot different styles, single, plain, striped. Most of them are unisex. Just about everything we do really is unisex, which makes life easy. Yes. And, of course, things like scarves, you don't have to worry about sizes. Beanies, you don't have to worry about sizes. And we also do gift vouchers. So if you're not quite certain about yep. what people might like, that, that's a good idea. They're geared to our higher price stuff, but I am going to introduce a sort of £10 one, £15 one. Excellent. Uh, OK, Andrew. Bless you doing a brilliant service. Thanks very much, Amanda. Now, if you're like me, a perfect gift would be another Ordnance Survey Explorer map to add to my collection. But the OS have a range of other suggestions as gift ideas. So to tell us more is Melanie Osborne from the Ordnance Survey. Melanie, what have you guys got to offer? Well, this Christmas there are a whole range of things that we have on offer for Christmas presents. Um, and probably our favourite at the moment is the custom made map. So that's the map that's been available for a while, but you can go online, choose the centre of the map. So you can centre it on your house, on a holiday destination, um, anywhere that you choose across Great Britain. And we print out the map specifically for you. Now, in the past, you've been able to have the title customised. So, you know, my dad's favourite walk or our holiday this year 
whatever you want to put on it. But and just recently, we've launched the ability for you to upload your own photograph as well. So it really does make it a perfect personalised Christmas present. And we've seen that people are uploading their own photographs, you know, printing it out, you know, people that are choosing Christmas presents for map lovers. That's a really nice present. This would be a great idea if you know of somebody who's just about to finish the Munros or, or the Rain Whites. Mm. And then you could have a special map printed to celebrate their finishing point. Yeah, and also for somebody who's moving house or hoping to change areas, it's a lovely present to have, you know, a map of your new house in the middle so you can go exploring around it. So, yeah, it's a really nice idea. Super. Um, and last posting dates for those for Christmas are uh, December the 19th uh, for Royal Mail and we can curate it to you for orders on Friday the 21st. That sounds good. And then the other nice option, and this year we're doing a gift voucher as an option, is um, OS Get Map, which is our online subscription service. Um, it costs £19.99 for a year's subscription, and you can buy it as a voucher, which is available online or from uh, Cotswold Outdoor stores this year. That entitles you to mapping of the whole of Great Britain at 1 to 25,000 and 1 to 50,000. You can go online and create your own routes, email those to your friends, print them off yourself. You know, it's a brilliant present if you're using a lot of mapping. Are there any limits to how many maps you can print out nope. on that? No, nope, there's not. Um, wow. Print out as many as you like. The service is there and, you know, the quality is really good if you've got a decent printer. And there are a range of water-resistant papers that you can use for that too. Yeah, I mean, we have our own range of maps, which is our active series of maps, which are properly laminated. And they're really good. And we saw sales of those this summer go up because the weather was just so bad. <laughs> so they're waterproof maps. In effect, they come laminated. Those active maps are going to be popular this winter too, with all this snowy weather that we promised. Yes, absolutely. And we have tested them. We've stood in puddles and jumped in them uh, to see just how waterproof they are. And they're really pretty impressive. Well, I've got a three-year-old daughter who would do that for you if you need any more testers. She'd happily <laughs> stand on them in woody puddles. That's fantastic. <laughs> we should get her on our tester. <laughs> Emily, thanks for coming on our podcast. Not at all. Thank you. Treasure trails are great gifts for friends that you know with young families. And to tell us more about them is Jane Harvey from Treasure Trails in North Yorkshire. They're self-guided walks, but as you go round, you're also exploring and solving a mystery at the same time. So you have to solve clues in order to solve either a murder mystery or a spy mission or a treasure hunt. And they're all around the UK, aren't they? Yes, they are. I actually run the North Yorkshire area with my partner, but they are UK-wide and there's over a thousand available. So there's bound to be one near you. How do you buy them? Hey, they're available online. What you buy is a booklet, which has all the instructions you need, all the clues and all the directions. And so online, you can go to a website, it's treasuretrails.co.uk, and then you can choose your region from the map, find a trail that you're interested in, and then you can buy that online for 5 99 What's your favourite one from your area? Oh, well, we like all the ones in our area because we write them ourselves, <laughs> so it's quite hard to choose. But it's, to be honest, it's always the most recent one because I think we... We make them better as we go along. So the last one we've written is a murder mystery in Grassington. So you get to explore. That sounds interesting. Yeah. And so that's my favourite one at the moment. But the next one will be favourite as well. <laughs> so a lot of work goes into each one. It's quite in depth. Yeah. And we, we are very proud of the trails as well in that we do take a long time with the route and make sure the clues are challenging. Not too easy, but always solvable. That's good. And they're perfect for families, aren't they? Yeah, they're ideal for all ages and children that can read can really get to participate. 
but they'll need some adult help because some of the clues, we've put some challenging ones in there for the adults as well. It's a great way to get children outdoors, isn't it? Yeah, because you're outdoors. The walking trails, they're all about two miles, which is great because younger children don't realise that they're having a two-mile walk because you're stopping and having fun at the same time. And That's then, great. Yeah, families get to work together as well, which is really good to help each other out. Brilliant. Jane, thanks for coming on our podcast. Okay, that's great. Books always make a great Christmas gift, and we've got three we could recommend. The first is written by a good friend of Walks Round Britain, and a voice you'll know if you're a regular listener to this podcast, Tanya Oliver. And Tanya joins me now from our radio car, which is parked just outside the Ray White pub in the Lake District. Hello, Tanya. Tell us about your journey in the book. It's my experiences of how I found fell walking. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I'm, I'm not a rock climber. I, I'm not a thrill seeker, but I do love climbing mountains and it's all the, the the real side of climbing them and how it actually feels. You get your hair stuck in your lip balm. Um, and yes, the waterproof trousers are very rarely actually waterproof and it really chucks it down. And they're certainly not glamorous to put on and off, but um, it's just basically how... I've enjoyed finding and discovering the Lake District and how I think that it's a really great place for other people who don't necessarily see themselves as outdoors people to to come and enjoy it, really. Where would your favourite area of the lakes be? I think it's probably got to be Wasdale. My favourite mountain is Barrow, and I made a life-changing decision on the top of that mountain and I cover that in the book. And Wastwater is my favourite lake. I've got very happy childhood memories from that. I'm sitting in the, in the river that feeds Wastwater um, in my little swimming costume and uh, with a little ruffle around it and I'm feeling very proud of myself because the water was so cold and seeing my brother row across to the other side to the screes and just sitting there with my family so it's got a lot of happy memories and it's a place that for me is just one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in the world. It's sad that the Western Lakes is less well known than the Central Area, that they are a little bit more difficult to get to, but they're a fantastic area. They are more difficult to get to and certainly the, the fells around um, Ennerdale Water and Wasswater are probably less frequented with the obvious exception of Scarfell Pike and Scarfell. But in a way, that makes them that much nicer in some ways. I mean, I'm perfectly happy walking in company and I love seeing other people enjoying the mountains. But if you want a bit more solitude, then yes, some of those ones there are where you'd go to. It's possible to get solitude in the lakes. Indefinitely. And in the northern fells in particular, some of those ones, the other side of Skiddor, they're very unfrequented. So I've been there and I've walked five fells and haven't seen a single soul all day. Or you can go to the Langdale Pikes or Cat Bells and, and see you know, dozens of people. So it's something for everybody, really. Tell us how we can find out more about the book. You can buy the book on Amazon. Um, or through stridingedge.com, which is Eric Robson's website. And Eric has done a fabulous quote for the back of the book, which is absolutely captures what the book's about. Um, or you can go onto my website, which is heelwalker1.blogspot.co.uk. Thanks, Tanya. Now, moving south from the lakes to the Mendip Hills area of outstanding natural beauty, which has published a book about eight wild walks through the area. And Andy Mallander is the project development officer for the AONB, and knows all about it, Andy. Well, the Eight Wild Walks books book was published to give people a selection of walking routes covering the whole of the AOMB and with opportunities to find out more about the wildlife to be found across the area. So what sort of lengths of walks are in the book? 
They're in length between three and eight miles and suited to a range of walkers from novice walkers to moderately fit walkers. And with help on navigation, they're useful for anyone who's new to the countryside and needs a bit of extra guidance to find their way around. What's your favourite walk in the book? My favourite walk is the one around East Harptree Woods and Coombe, which takes you around the northern slopes of the Mendip Hills and includes a lovely forestry commission site with some Victorian lead mining archaeology, including a chimney you can see, into one of the deeply wooded coombs for which the Mendip Hills is well known, where there's steep limestone slopes covered in native woodland and a tumbling stream in the bottom of the coombe. Fantastic. Where can we get the book from? They're available from the Mendip Hills AOMB unit and can, information can be found on our website, which is mendiphillsaomb.org.uk. They cost £5, they cost £1 for postage and packaging. Lovely, Andy. Thanks for coming on the podcast. OK, th- nice to speak to you. 2012 marked the official opening of the Scottish National Trail, about which writer and broadcaster Cameron McNeish has written a book. And Cameron joins me now on the phone. Cameron, tell us more about the book. Well, the, the, the book's been uh, quite a long time in, in writing. It really is the, the trail guide, if you like, but written in narrative form to the recently opened 470-mile uh, Scottish National Trail, which runs from Yetham and the borders to Cape Wrath, the most northwesterly tip of the, the British mainland. Um, it's, it's a kind of book that um, I, I hope for many people it can be used as a, a source of inspiration to go and either walk this route in its entirety or maybe even break it down into more bite-sized chunks. Uh, there are some sort of four obvious lens to the walk that people could do in like a couple of weeks or, or even shorter from the borders to Edinburgh, from Edinburgh through to Glasgow, from Glasgow to Canusi and then the, the pièce de résistance, I think, of the whole route from Kingusi North to Cape Wrath, which would probably take about three weeks. So, um, but even that, that can be broken down even more in, in, into sections. But I'm pretty sure that this is a walk um, that in time will become one of the sort of iconic long-distance walks of the world. It really has that epic feel to it, doesn't it? Especially along several parts of it. Yes, it does. And the wonderful thing about it, Andu, is that it passes through such a variety of landscape from the, the rolling hills of the borders to the, the, you know, the very rough, wild areas of the northwest of Scotland. So there's, there's, there's tremendous variety, tremendous diversity in landscape. Um, and, and some surprises, too. And I was so surprised um, at, at the number of wild places that I actually found in the Scottish borders between Kipyetum and Edinburgh. And also very surprised at the quality uh, and the pleasure of walking along Scotland's canals between Glasgow and Edinburgh, where you walk along the uh, Fort and Clyde Canal and the Union Canal, and then further north from uh, Fort Augustus to Glengarry, you follow the the old Telford-built uh, Caledonian Canal. And um, it really is lovely walking, particularly in the central Scotland section from Edinburgh to Glasgow, because it, it passes through some uh, built-up areas, but you'd never know it. It's like a green artery running right through central Scotland with sort of houseboats, um, canal longboats, the, the, the incredibly impressive Falkirk wheel, which is a big sort of device for, for lifting boats from one level of canal to the other, uh, and an incredible piece of engineering. Um, but just a, a delightful walking and just some of the little surprises of the Scottish National Trail, really. 
Yes, the canal network is often forgotten about as places to walk, but it has much to offer us walkers. Very much so, and, and these canals are looked after so well by Scottish waterways, part of the British waterways. Um, and they're, they're really, you know, it's just quite amazing walking through this, this section of about 50 miles or so. And we, we didn't see any litter, we didn't see any graffiti, um, and yet so close to big sort of urban areas. Um, it was an absolute delight. And we saw kingfishers, we saw all sorts of wildlife, uh, lots of herons. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a green artery through central Scotland is a very good way to describe it. Of course, if you wanted to, you could even begin south of the border and start from Edale, couldn't you? Well, you can. The reason we chose Kirkgetham as the start to this walk is because it was the finish point of the, the Penn Way, of course. It starts from Edale in, in, in the, the Peak District, as you so rightly say. So if, if people really wanted to, they could uh, start down there, do the Penn Way, pick up the Scottish National Trail at, um, at Kirkgetham and, and, and head all the way north to Cape Wrath. Um, and, and we kind of hope that the, book, you know, the, the route itself will, will, could well be useful for people walking from, from Land's End to John O'Groats. Um, and it, you know, it, it's got, I mean, I should say that what we have done in this particular route is, is not devise a completely new route from end to end, but we have followed a lot of the existing trails that are there already. And where there aren't existing trails, then we've linked up rights of ways and core path networks to make it one long, continuous route. So how can people find out more about the book? Well, you can find out the book by going to our website, which is at mountain-media.co.uk. Um, they'll, they'll certainly find details of the book there, and they can buy it from the website. Uh, or indeed, they can, they can buy it from, uh, from, from Amazon or Waterstones. Uh, the book is called Scotland End to End, and uh, it really is the, the story of the, the Scottish National Trail. Cameron, thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Well, I hope that's given you a few last-minute Christmas gift ideas. And if they are too late and you've done all your Christmas shopping, then perhaps you could have one of them for yourself. If this is the first time that you've been listening to our podcast, then it would be great to have you along every month. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or follow us on Audioboo. All the information is on our website at walksaroundbritain.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And there's links to all the products featured on this podcast on the show notes on our blog, which you can find by clicking through from our homepage or going direct to blog.walksaroundbritain.co.uk. So until next time, thanks for listening, happy walking and happy Christmas. <laughs>